You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. How we view, insert blank, I'm convinced is really what plunges us into um, our relationships with Jesus or lack thereof. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. Today joined, as always, by two very special guests. First, we have Lead Pastor Jose Abaroa in the house. Jose, thanks for being here. And capping off an exciting week, who officially got to have a good night's rest for the first time in who knows when, student pastor Tyler Keese. Tyler, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Good morning. There's no better feeling than the accomplishment of a weekend like focus. Uh, sleep is different after that, man. So I'm feeling the best today than I felt awesome. in over a week. It's awesome. awesome. There you go. Well, I would love to hear. I know you gave uh, just an update and kind of a recap. It was fun to watch the video yesterday uh, at church, but just kind of hearing all the things that God did. I'd love to kind of talk about your message from Sunday. And a lot of it had to do with the comeback. That was kind of the theme of the whole weekend. So I'd love to kind of first open up by just hearing your thoughts on how you kind of came to that theme and kind of what was maybe some things that God kind of taught you as you kind of wrestled with that and and put it into action. Sure, sure, sure. So man, cool story is the comeback started. uh, God planted that on me over a year ago. I wasn't even on staff here at CCC yet. And uh, I had done it just as a Wednesday night message with those four points in the story of the prodigal son of perception, desire, direction, and destination. And it just sat. Right. And I thought and thought and thought, and I was like, man, that would naturally break out into four sessions. We could implement that into a camp, potentially the now weekend, whatever. Like at that time, I wasn't part of focus yet. And so, um, and I remember when we moved to Wimberley, truck broke down, flat tire, sitting <laughs> roadside, waiting on AAA or whoever. I shared that heart and vision with Pastor Jose yeah. over a year ago. Wow. And it just sat and sat. And then 2020 is what 2020 was. And like, there's so much that God just worked together that made it fit. Come back from 2020, come back. Our 70s retro theme is trendy among students. You don't have to look very far. Like even TV shows, like family sitcoms are making a comeback, those sort of things. And so it was really, really cool. And the fact that this year focus fell on Palm Sunday weekend and the comeback of Jesus into Holy Week, comeback of the prodigal son, it was a God deal, man, that that started over a year ago before we even knew, can we do focus in 2021? And so that's where it started and God made it work. And it was a lot of, a lot of fun um, where I can honestly say I take very little credit for uh, because it, it was the Lord, man, 100%. That's awesome. That is so good to hear. One of the things I remember you mentioning just not only in the two sessions leading up to your talk on Sunday, but just about the prodigal son. I loved how you made it so relatable and just shared how all of us have some part of our story where we fell in love with Jesus and then life and the world and things got in the way and then returning back after 
uh, just being caught up in the mess and doing our own thing. So I'd love to kind of hit those four points and we can kind of talk through practically how do we kind of take next steps and apply that. So uh, the first one is perception. And I'll just kind of give a quick little paraphrase. You mentioned uh, that this is about your individual worldview and just how even in the prodigal son story, how, uh, you know, the son had an unhealthy view of just kind of his father and how that led to him asking for the inheritance. And so um, the question you kind of posed was how do you view fill in the blank, whether authority, Jesus, church, marriage, and how that immediately determines your posture. So I'd love to kind of hear both of y'all's thoughts on kind of why that's important, not just for students, but just for everyone in the room to just really kind of focus on the perception in our hearts and kind of how that relates to um, our desires and kind of the rest. Absolutely, man. Perception is crucial. Um, I think on a spiritual level, on a relational level, emotional level, like across the board. And, you know, one thing that that I always try to keep in mind is perception is easy to change both in an unhealthy way and healthy way. Like I can have a healthy perception of marriage, but one major conflict can change that on a dime um, without having Jesus to guard my heart and protect my mind and, and those sorts of things. And so, man, how, how we view insert blank, I'm convinced is really what plunges us into um our relationships with Jesus or lack thereof? Do we desire the world or do we desire, man, the gospel-centered style of living? Um, and there were seasons in my life, man. At one point, perception for me um, was that, hey, Jesus was kind of this far-off character that was kind of hands-off. My student pastor had left and went to Houston. I was very spiritually immature. Home, we put the fun and dysfunctional. And so like I grew up in that environment and I was at a place where like my perception was football or bust. And every decision that I made, every desire that I made or had was next steps for football, man. And and I wasn't a great athlete by any means. I was a big kid and I was coachable. That was about it. Um, and, And I had a very small window to play Juco ball that was taken away through a blowout knee injury. And that was a humbling process. Um, so within that, man, God, God makes it work. And when we truly belong to him, like he changes that perspective. I didn't change that. He did through things that have happened in my life that were outside of my control. Yeah, man, I really loved how you started there because it really is who we focus on. Are we focusing on God and his plan for our lives or are we focused on our own strength and try to make happen whatever we desire, which I know is the next point, but uh, man, you're Rocky. I just gotta, I just gotta go on record and say that your Rocky illustration, both how you started it and how you finished it has to be one of the best sermon illustrations I've heard in a long time, man. And Rocky truly, I mean, he, he was working so hard. He set his expectations to become a, a, you know, champion boxer. He believed in himself and he was really, yeah, he was, he was looking for his coach, but he was the one that was putting in the work. And, and I think that's a, that's both a good thing, but that can be a dangerous thing, Mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, in context of the parable. Yeah. yeah, both of y'all just mentioned how perception and Tyler, something you mentioned is immediately influences our desires. And so you talked about just how obviously with the prodigal son, it was that self-fulfillment, that reckless living. Um, just some notes I jotted down personally. You, I like your, your quote about just how if sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, so just even yeah. starting with a realization that uh, we need to be real about mm-hmm. sin and the temptations that we face. Uh, but the question here is just, what do you want? And do you want Jesus to be glorified or our comfort? So I'd 
love to kind of hear just kind of practically, how do we go about applying this as far as how do we just recognize maybe what our desires are and then do something about it? Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to what we want, I think if we were all honest, whether you're in a position of past, like pastoring or I mean, you are faithfully connected to the church, if we were honest, like there are times in my own life still as a student pastor where like my wants don't match the wants of Jesus. Sometimes it's self-centered. Um, and so for me to think of my desires and what I want and over the years, you know, we can be so flaky in our flesh and as scripture speaks to, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, you know, like our wants change. But when when scripture speaks to the clarity of what Jesus wants for us. And when our life change begins to mirror him, that's what's unchanging. Um, And most people that I know when, especially students, man, when students set their mind on something that they want, they pursue it like crazy. Um, Sometimes people have this perception that teenagers are lazy and, you know, unplugged. That's far from the truth with the vast majority of students that I personally know. It's just... Sometimes it takes a little longer for them to grasp on something, but man, when they do, they pursue after it. And so wants and desires are are huge. And ultimately in a spiritual context, it's Jesus and the spirit that changes that want. You can't conjure it yourself. You can't put yourself in a church seat every, every single week and change that want for yourself. Like that's from Jesus and Jesus alone. And a lot of times we kind of miss that. Yeah, that's so good. And the next, or the third point is talking about direction. And that was just the idea of where are you headed? And really just ultimately, are you growing closer or farther from God? There's not really sort of middle ground there. And so um, I'd love to just kind of hear both of y'all's encouragements on maybe someone that just feels like they've been heading in the wrong direction for a long time. Like they just, whether it's something they keep trying over and over Mm -hmm. and they just keep feeling further and further from God, what would maybe be some encouragement that both of y'all would have for someone that uh, would would be in that spot? Yeah, I think of the book of Proverbs first, where it's filled with solid advice, the advice that I want to give to my sons and daughters. Um, Hey, make good decisions because that'll lead you to good things. Hey, if you make poor decisions, that'll lead you to these consequences. So Proverbs is filled with that. And I think in our minds, our perception of the Bible and God's word is rooted in those kind of rules, rigid control. God wants to put me in a box. It's it's a lame life that he wants me to live. He doesn't want me to have any fun, right? Because sin is fun. Why would God not want me to enjoy life? Those kind of thoughts. Mm-hmm. But then we have Jesus, his example in this parable, which is so powerful, where yes, the son makes all of these terrible decisions, selfish, yet we see him make a comeback. And I, I just, I felt it in the room on Sunday morning. Tyler, the, the message that God gave you, bro, the way that you preached it, I, I felt people in their seats. I, I, I haven't had conversations with many of these people, but I know that there was this sense of, this is what it's all about. It's not about getting it right. It's not about, you know, making all the right decisions. It's about making a comeback in 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 recognizing the father's love. So mm-hmm. yeah, if that's you, if you're if you're seeing maybe an area of your life, maybe not your whole life, but an area of your life that you're um thinking or, or feeling like a failure, turn turn to God. 
look up and then receive what he has to say. And you're going to find that father who's ready to embrace you, love you, and then as a response, lead you um, to where you really need to be going. 100%, man. And and the direction and projection of life, you know, absolutely, man. Proverbs is in line with, you know, you make wise decisions, God prospers Mm -hmm. that and grows and there's fruition there. A point that I really wanted to get across to students because I get asked this question a lot. You know, my grandpa died of a heart attack unexpectedly. He was a great man, loved Jesus, was doing all the right things. Why why did that happen? You know, and so there's so much to be reminded of, regardless of what our decisions are. Like God is ultimately is at who's in control, right? And not everything that happens, bad, good, and different, is our fault or our decisions. Most are, you know, for me, um, my my pig pen, my mud pit was Greek life. Man, as a freshman in college for a year, I was running from hurt, pain, anger, bitterness, home, um, church. And my muck and pig pen was at a frat party, super not Christ glorifying situation. And waking up the next morning, looking in the mirror and being completely disgusted with who I was. And, and I was already a believer, just making terrible decisions. I, you know, I, and God made it work, man. And, and from that moment, fast and furious, man, God put a student pastor in my life that I had Taco Bell with randomly and offered me an internship for the summer. I was like, dude, if you knew what I've been doing for the last six months, what like I'd be the last person you would ask. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And so, you know, spiritually speaking, the experience that I've had from that first step back and as soon as the father sees you coming, he embraces you, yeah. what well, was amazing, man. And, and direction is huge for students in, in, in the decisions that we make and in the life choices that, that we choose. But at the same time, man, it's about the Father and it's about the grace and the mercy and the return ultimately. So, Yeah, that's that's so good. And the last point here that you've kind of even touched on is destination and just kind of where will you land? And I would love to even kind of segue from there into the Rocky uh, illustration you gave. And I love it too, because you just talked about how it was scripted and that the comeback (laughs) uh, was scripted. It's already uh, written down. And in our case, the battle is already won. And I, I think just personally, I can hear that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, that's good. But then you know, circumstances come up or I just get anxious or worried or, you know, just I'm uncertain about things. And next thing you know, I have completely forgotten that it is all scripted and that God is one. And I start to enter into the 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 battle as if I was trying to win, win it myself. And so how do both of y'all keep that reminder in your head that it is already won? That's, and- that's, that's the key word. You said reminder. I'll never forget it was in college as well when I was questioning the church as an institution. I had had bad experiences and in church and, you know, didn't trust the church. I'm talking uh, as, as a whole, not Cypress Creek church. It was actually Cypress Creek church, the people that changed my mind on that because I didn't see a group of people that were judging and waiting for me to get things right. Quite the contrary. They were with me in my journey as I figured out who Jesus was and my response to him and what I realized that I needed on a daily basis and weekly basis was reminders. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to be preached for information sake. I needed to be preached to from a brother, you know, hanging out while walking on campus because that information, that reminder 
made me transform. It was about transformation, not just information. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we need as the body. We need continual reminders. That's why we do this podcast. That's why we do community group. That's why we gather on Sunday mornings. It's Mm -hmm. to lift high the name of Jesus and then remind ourselves, hey, y'all, this is the hope that we get to put our confidence in. Hey, this is the father that we call, you know, our Lord. He's not just distant. He's right here. Mm -hmm. And man, focus for me has always been such a significant, weekend because that is exported time, you know, in in an amazing way in the lives of students and it sticks with them. Even if focus is the one thing they do every single year, which, you know, we plug community groups hard, we plug, Hey, next steps, but focus really is a catch all where we get to remind people, Hey, focus on God and then watch how that changes your life. So it's everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And as far as, you know, the the destination and the question that that we pose this weekend as far as where will you land, um, I mean, there's so many times in line with the reminder that on this side of heaven, where we find ourselves, where we currently land, isn't necessarily where we belong. Mm-hmm. And it's always that that versus there of like what you earn versus where you actually belong, your identity versus the choices you're actually making. Um, and I think that so many students and adults can relate with that. You know, maybe people that are currently serving in our church, but like in their private life are, are unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Like the return is here. The call of like where you can land and where you belong is here. And, and we miss it. Our culture misses it. And we define students and we define people by what we physically do, whether that's as an athlete, a teacher, a politician, whoever, titles, no matter how significant they are. Like I'm a father of two boys, which is closer to me than being a student pastor. Mm -hmm. If I was being honest, like that is the center of my heart outside of my identity in Jesus as a father and a husband, and then a student pastor. And sometimes I get those mixed up, but at the end of the day, I have to be reminded that my, my labeling never changes. The prodigal son, regardless of where he landed, his destination being the pig pen, he never stopped being a son. Never stopped being a son. And and my family has seen things like that. Man, I've got an uncle that chose some very, very poor lifestyle choices and a cousin that did the same thing that, you know, my uncle and his wife and then even my grandparents, I mean, they, they wrote them off. I mean, completely had nothing to do with them for a decade or more we're done. And God intervened and changed lives. And they are still, for the most part, part of that same lifestyle. But like my grandparents and my aunt and uncle, I've seen model that embrace of like, I still love you instead of the hard push off. Right. Mm -hmm. Which for me, you know, Hebrews 4.12 tells us that God's word is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And there is no more there's no greater example of that than like reading scripture at different stages of life. How I read the prodigal son as an 18 year old or 21 year old is way, way, way different than how I read it now as a 30 year old and a father, because the story really is about the father. As much as we relate to the son, because many of us are that son, it's about the father. And if we miss that, we miss everything. And yeah, it is scripted, man. And yesterday was an emotional whirlwind. My boys have been away for four, almost five days. It's the longest we've been apart from our 10-month-old since he was born. He hadn't left us since he was born, right? And then talking about Rocky, man, like, and that 
proper way to get the full Rocky experience. Been like, as I'm talking through that, I'm like transported and I see like my grandpa's living room with the mm. old dusty recliners and all that kind of stuff. And like, he died of a heart attack when I was in the fifth grade. And just a lot of raw emotion that that Jesus just blessed, man. This weekend, yesterday, that was Jesus and that was the spirit. Mm. And I am humbled and grateful to be part of it. Um, Man, perception, desire, direction, destination. It's life. It's life. That's so good. Tyler, I got one more question for you. One of the things that you wrapped up uh, talking about the father and how you just being a father changed your perspective as far as the father really is the main point, the real hero of the story. So much focus gets put on the son. I'd love to kind of just hear your heart a little more just about kind of how it it changed and just how even for people that, um, yeah, are looking at the story with a fresh set of eyes, thinking about the father, kind of what that did for you, both as a father as well as just as a son. Sure, sure, man. And one thing is, is again, just echoing and beating to death is that it truly is about the father as many times as we want to look. And, you know, I've heard it preached from the vantage point where all you do is talk about the son. I've heard it preached from the point in the back half of that because we kind of stopped at verse 24, but it goes on through verse 32, right? And then it talks about the the holier than thou, you know, religious, judgmental, older brother, you know? Um, Because if you want to go into that, it's like not everybody likes a comeback story. Mm You know, I think of Michael Vick, okay? <laughs> Dog fighter, was thrown in prison, paid his dues, right? Paid his time, and then came back to the NFL, and people still hated him. So the reality is, is in our flesh, if we were honest, there are some cases that we don't really like a comeback story. But that's not our judgment call to make. Yeah, that's that's right. the Father's judgment that's call right. to make. Right. And sometimes, it, a lot of times, every time, it's not about us and our perception. Mm-hmm. It's about his and being willing to change that. And so, yeah, I mean, as a as a father and as a husband, the story translates different than as an adolescent or even as a single college student. And I think that is, again, testimony to God's word is never changing. And part of walking and growing in a relationship with Jesus is that we get to experience Jesus on a different level. Mm-hmm. It's the same Jesus, mm-hmm. how he communicates sometimes changes, but the message never does. And so this prodigal son story, this comeback, and from the bottom of my heart, I meant what I said yesterday, is our American culture is in desperate, desperate need from the top down, no matter what age, of a comeback. And that's not to the good old days, the American way, you know, what you, you know, it's a comeback to the cross. Yeah. And... God was on full display. Students' lives were changed. Students gave their lives to Jesus for the first time, want to be baptized. And my hope and prayer, and from what I tell, is like God's at work in adults too. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the church the church. And that's what makes CCC such an amazing place to be because, man, it really was a team effort. And none of this could have been pulled off without people giving, without people serving, without an amazing team of staff, pastors, whatever role they may play. And man, I, I'm glad to be here. What a time to be alive and, uh, let's go.
Awesome. So true, Tyler. And I just think you did a great job again the whole weekend. And then it was just great to hear your heart on Sunday morning. Jose, as we wrap up, I'd love to kind of hear, I love the timing of this. It's right the week before Easter. And Jose, when you got up after Tyler, you just asked all of us and kind of encouraged us to share our comeback story, to share our testimony. So I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on maybe someone that's confused or maybe not sure how to do that. And then maybe as we kind of look forward to Easter, what's ahead? Yeah, I would say think about your perception. Think about the direction that that was leading you towards the destination. I'm missing one. Desire. 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 What you desired, your selfish desires, what you want, and uh, see how God changed all of those things. And uh, maybe he's doing that for you right now. Maybe you're experiencing that for the first time, a change of direction, desire, destination, as you perceive the life through the lens of uh, Jesus. This week is a great opportunity to talk to somebody, um, be it family member, kids, uh, classmates, uh, co-workers, neighbors, friends, to tell them about the hope that we have in Jesus. And then I am really excited to celebrate celebrate Easter like we always do with two real resurrection stories as people share about how God has resurrected their life from death to life. Can't wait. Tyler, bro, well done. Awesome weekend. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, man. You got it. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.